Hello everybody, welcome to the DM's Chronicle. What's gonna take place here is basically a new DM with a minor experience, one and a half to two years at the current time. It's gonna help walk you through as a new DM on how to get started, how to get your players engaged and all of the uh, different things that come along with it. Um, as a new DM, it's very easy to get lost on where you should start and um, that's an issue that every single DM starts out with. Whether it is a new world or anything along those lines, you need to be able to make sure you find a good starting place. I'm gonna be here to help walk you through the steps it takes from the very beginning on being a new DM and trying to create that wonderful atmosphere that you've either heard or read about that everyone always has. Many uh, new DMs, they start out and they really just can't find a foothold to really get into the role. How to, you know, maybe maybe you're nervous, maybe you're against acting out, and maybe that's not the kind of DM you want to be, maybe that's not the kind of game your players want to be a part of, but this is going to be a story almost of how I became a DM from the very beginning with very little knowledge whatsoever, and how you can take that from my perspective and the issues I came across and do a better job than I did the first time. So once again, I appreciate everyone coming in and uh, let's get started. For my uh, first group of people that I started playing with were actually very close friends and they had a wide variety of interests, whether that was extremely enthusiastic about wanting to play D&D uh, or just interested and wanted to dip their toes in and see how it turned out. It kind of gives you a lens on what, what you're going to see for your players as well. Some may be interested in, you know, just the roleplay aspect. Some may be tacticians who are really looking to, you know, do a dungeon crawler style, almost like raiding in World of Warcraft or something along those lines. And we were all interested in it at the time. No one was really determined in the DM at the time, but... I came across the issue, which I'm sure a lot of new parties will come across, and that is, who's going to DM? Do you know someone who DMs? Uh, is someone going to pick up that torch and DM now? Uh, you can't really expect a new party to have a DM. It's a unique role in the party, and you have to learn how to do it. And whether you know your first experience with the DM is bad or not, with a group of friends that you're really close to, obviously you're gonna you're gonna have that first experience together and you're gonna grow together as players and as a DM. After a while, it was decided that I was going to DM and that was that was my choice. I wanted to make sure that everyone had a good first experience. I wanted people to keep playing. So I decided I was gonna dig in and I was gonna learn how to DM for the first time from scratch and I gave myself I think three weeks to come up with a campaign from scratch. Granted that about maybe a week into that, we decided to do a module just to get everyone familiar with um, Roll20, which was the app that we were using to play remotely, as everyone just had a bad schedule. It was tough to get everyone together. But yeah, I, I took on the role of DM, and this was going to be more time-consuming than I ever imagined. When I first went into it, I was really encapsulated by trying to capture this kind of magic that other DMs have created and other podcasts that I've listened to. It's really not 
that realistic of an expectation, especially as your first time playing with new players, because it's not only up to the DM, but it's up to the players to create that experience together. And if you have new players, you have a new DM, there's gonna be a lot of pausing and thinking and looking at the rules and asking questions. And it's not gonna be that experience. It will be its own unique experience, but it won't be the experience that you envisioned. And that's okay. That's something that you're gonna work up towards. That's something that requires experience as both a player and a DM to create. And don't go in expecting that you're gonna be the greatest DM of all time. I'm, I'm definitely not. And I have, you know, idols that I look up to and I listen to their content and I create my vision based on this grand vision that maybe they have created and I take inspiration and that's that's all fine. You will slowly come across what you really want to create. I think one of the first great steps that you can take when you're creating your world for the first time is what kind of world do you want to create? Do you want to create the classic fantasy RPG world? Do you want to create maybe a Western style, you know, Desperados Everywhere kind of style of game? Do you want a low magic? All of this is important to take into account right away as it's going to be the driving factor of how your game is essentially played. Another important thing is what, what kind of players do you have? Do you have the tactician type players? Do you have roleplay enthusiasts? Do they want to have conversations with NPCs? Find out, you know, different dramatic scenes that are going on in the world. And that's, that's all important to take into account. It's important to think about if you want to be playing online or if you want to be playing in person. Uh, maybe you, you know, like me, have many friends that you've met through different online games or other activities that would love to play Dungeons and Dragons with you. And that is a really nice thing to be able to have. You know, Roll20 is a great app. It allows you to create maps. It allows you to create macros for NPCs to make things flow quicker, which are all super useful. But there is something to say about the really genuine experience of playing D&D in person as well. You get to see people's reactions on everything you say. You get to describe things and you get to make faces and create this more authentic feeling. And if you had the choice between one or the other and you were able to do both, I personally would select to play in person. It's a great it's a great kind of tool to have in your pocket as well as a DM to create that more immersive experience. Granted, the current state of the world as this first episode comes out is during the COVID pandemic. Um, playing in person might be, you know, ill-advised on that. So keep that in mind as well if you're listening to this on the release date. In the situation of COVID, it, Roll20 is a great tool to bring your party back together even if it was an in-person session and now has to be online. Adapting is a huge part of being a DM, so adapting to a situation like this is great that it's simple to just move it to an online format. I think another huge aspect for me and to create a successful world for your players to engage, engage with and, and live in is to get them engaged before you even start playing. Now this might be more difficult for some people than others, but get your characters and your your player characters excited about the world. Maybe give them a little teaser. I know the last campaign I ran, I did a little audio trailer that I played for them to describe the world and show them what what they're a part of. And 
that would help drive them to create these characters that they're invested in. It's important if you really want your players to roleplay, it's important that they're invested in their characters and it's important that you give them the opportunity to grow as a character as well. You need to create scenarios where, you know, maybe they they have this backstory where they don't know someone in particular, but they know they exist. You bring them through some sort of journey, through caverns and other things, and you find that they were underground and they were trapped and they were living with this tribe underneath the earth for many years, and they've changed because of that. And it's okay to, you know, not be serious with everything you do in D&D. It's a great part of the process to laugh and have fun and create these silly, wild scenarios, not only just tense and very violent scenarios as well. It's it's a bar, part of both of them to, you know, have a laugh and also maybe cry. And that's a wonderful part of being a DM is that you get to create these experiences for all of your players and they will appreciate it. I think a lot of players are very appreciative of their DMs and the time it goes into creating these wonderful worlds. So at this point, let's say you've selected a world, you know, a format of which your world's going to take place in. It's going to be a classic fantasy RPG world. Now you need to create a conflict that's going to drive your story. In my case, I decided to create a conflict where a tribe had flipped part of Shadowfell to the material plane and now they're merging together and it's causing all these side effects in the world. It's caused a great plague to be spread, which is kind of timely with everything that's going on now, which was not obviously intended. It was created before this all happened, but that's the kind of conflict that you need to create for your party to be invested in, to solve. Now, my party is following footsteps of different things that have happened, and they're trying to understand what has come from this. We've got a plague doctor in our party, and that's part of the reason why I decided to add a plague he, his backstory is in line with this creation of the plague, and he's involved with it, and he understands it more than the rest of the party. That's the kind of conflict you need to create, maybe in tandem with your characters. It's really up to you on how that process goes. So at this point, you have your conflict, you have what kind of world you're creating. I like to take the next step by creating a world map, and there's lots of great tools online to create fantasy maps. Um, I'm sure if you just look up Fantasy Map Generator, you can get something that's going to help you with this. I'm not as artistic, so I can't create my own map from scratch, but if you have that kind of talent, by all means, go ahead and create your own map. Uh, it's probably much better off that way. You can really get down to what you really want to create instead of using a template and then working off of that. I, I like to create a number of cities, uh, just get them named and located on the map just to get an idea of what the overall look of my world will be, how many cities I'm going to have. And then after that, I'll go and break down each city individually, what's going to make them unique, what's going to create a fun experience when the players visit them. I like to create specific cities and I'll work with my players and I'll ask them, you know, what, what kind of place do you think you were from? And I'll build a city around that and we'll talk about, you know, what they want the city to encompass. If they had historic background that really shapes their character and it was from there, then I'll incorporate that into the world. That way that they they feel like they're a part of that world. Their character is a part of this world. And that's, that's all important when you're taking into account the cities and 
towns and everything that you create on your world. So you've completed creating all of your cities and all of the families within it at this point and you've placed them on your map. Where do you go next? I think at this point it's time to start thinking in smaller details. It's time to think, okay, where do I want my party to come into this world together? Find a uh, small town or create a small town if it's not created yet. Place them in there. It's, a, it's always a safe bet to put them in a small town on the outskirts of a city. That way they can meet at low stakes. Now, maybe you want to take a risk and you want to place them somewhere that maybe it'll take them a while to meet each other and it'll be a lot of slow role play in the beginning. But if you think that's a better, greater picture for your campaign, then that's fine. But a safe bet is always to place them in a small town with some sort of small town issue. Nothing too crazy. You don't even have to bring up the main conflict at this point. Just give them an area of which the new adventurers can go and not immediately die and mingle with the townspeople. They can solve small issues together. Let them work together as a party and see how their characters are able to manage together. You want to you want to make sure that they're able to meet each other. They're able to see who they like, who they dislike, who they get along with all of these things. At this point, it's wise for you to start getting ready for what every DM experiences, and that is the party going immediately off the rails of whatever you've created. In, I would say, 50% of my encounters, they start how I want them to, and they end nowhere near what I had planned to, and being able to adapt on the fly and making sure you have multiple branches and multiple paths set up in how this encounter can go down is something you need to think about. Um, if you come across a situation that you weren't expecting, it's okay to pause and think and create what you think would be the proper scenario. But, you know, some players, they're going to go and try and break every rule in the handbook that they could possibly break and create something insane and you can make rulings here and there you don't want to press your players on their creativity but you want to give them a non-railroaded experience so they feel like they're living in this world now on the other side of this maybe as a dm it wasn't your goal to create some sort of very non-hostile area for these first encounters maybe your world is an absolute mess it's in complete shambles and there's bandits and thieves and everything all around and you need to create a high stress environment to set the scene for this world that you've created that th these need to be adjusted as you see fit for your type of campaign a classic example of an early game conflict would consist of maybe goblins taking one of the townspeople's kids and they've been kidnapped and you need to track them to their hideout and dispatch the goblins and now bring the kid home. Very simple, very classic kind of encounter. However, these are the kind of necessary encounters in the beginning to really let players understand the game if they're new, to understand combat, to understand, you know, what's a persuasion role, what's a perception role. If you're dealing with a new party, these kind of low stakes encounters are exactly what they need before you throw them full force into a world that's completely disheveled or maybe has all these intricate different conflicts between cities that have to be developed or you have to understand. So it, it really is important to take into account your player's skill levels when you design these encounters as well. 
Not only is it important to take in the player's skill levels, it's also very, very important to take into account the player's player character's levels as well. Most campaigns you're going to start at level one. However, you may have taken an executive decision as a DM to maybe start them at level two or three. Uh, personally, a lot of people, and personally myself, I think the level one characters are boring and in my next campaign i would start people at level two or three just because level one is really just i hit him i cast this cantrip it's the same thing over and over and it leveling it can be very very slow if you're using an experience model of leveling and i personally use what i call well, what many people call milestone leveling so i'll set some sort of adventure in my world they follow the steps to the end and they defeat the big baddie okay Congrats, you guys are level two now. And that I think milestone leveling is a great way to do it if you want people to level up at a quicker rate. But you need to also take into account if, you know, you want an authentic D&D experience, then you're going to use the experience points model of leveling. I think this is about the time where I'm going to start winding this down here. I wanted to give everyone just a brief overview at the lowest level on how to really create a campaign to start this off just to give you an idea on what kind of information I'll be giving you in this podcast as well as uh, take this time to outline a couple more things that we'll be going over. Topics here and there, whether it be you know an episode on pros and cons of splitting the party, how to overcome your personal gripes with DMing, what if I fail, what, what can we do to succeed as a DM more often. Issues like my players are murder hobos or my players won't roleplay or creating fun puzzles. All of these different things I would love to discuss in further episodes. And if you guys have any topics that you would like to have me speak on, then of course, let me know. You can reach out to me on all social media platforms at the DMs Chronicle. Uh, you can also email me at the DMs Chronicle at gmail.com as well. And we can go and talk about whatever you guys want to hear as well. So with that said, I appreciate everyone stopping by and listening to the first episode here. And I hope to see you guys around next time. Take care.